This podcast is sponsored by PICC, Florida's leading public adjusters for 22 years of handling residential commercial claims in Florida. Dealing with an insurance company when having a property loss can be discouraging. Let PICC encourage you and maximize your compensation. Please call us at 305-956-3666. Good morning. Today's class is Leunishma Yerkudiyam Gedalia Esther Tita Badrina Antion Benema Rufushalema of Haram Shalom Ben Yamina and Haradana ben Sara and Chana Batadel. Success of Yekusiel, Yehuda, Mordechai ben Gitel Rivka, to have success and to find the Zivug and success in your Shemaim of Elisheva, Badawa, Gadiel ben Elisheva, Shefa ben Elisheva, Emmet ben Elisheva, and Reina Malka, Bas Tobabasha. Also, please share and rate the podcast. And God willing, we have a great, great, great class today. Great class today. Uh, a really amazing concept. Um, reading more and more of Rob Pinson's books. This book that we're reading today is A Call of Majesty, The Mysteries and Shofar of Rosh Hashanah. Obviously the book is, you know, 500 and something pages. So I'm trying to give you guys the, the tools out of this book. Um, this class, this, this could be a whole class on itself, but we're, he's going to bring out something, he's going to bring out something absolutely phenomenal. And we could just take the, this, this Torah class and you could really re- recognize how it's pretty much, he brings a, a specific tool from the Baal Shem Tov, and the Baal Shem Tov says that any, any issue you have in life is going to require three steps. Submission, separation, and sweetening. In Hebrew, we call this Hana'ah, submission, Havdala, to separate, and Hamtaka, to sweeten it. Okay? Ultimately, what we need to do, our whole purpose, we need to understand this concept. It's very, very important. And I've spoke about this many times. Darkness is not a separate entity. Darkness has to be brought up to light. That is called Tikkun, rectify. Remember that concept. You can't run anywhere else. But ultimately, every solution is from yourself. It's an amazing concept that the darkness itself, when you make the darkness itself the light, that is ultimately rectifying everything. It's an unbelievable concept because if you understand this, this is very similar to the very popular book by Paolo Coelho, The Alchemist. How many books did he sell? 60 million? How many? 70 million? 80 million? I don't know. Probably one of the most popular books in the world. Rabbi Nachman calls that same book the, um, the treasure of Vilna. That ultimately, the solution is all internal. That book, he really does a great job. I don't know, translating into 40, 50 languages? Who knows? But the bottom line is, where, where's the Torah behind this? Where's the Chachma behind this? And this is, where we, this is very connected to the holidays of Elul, Rosh Hashanah, and Yom Kippur. Which is another again how he brought this all out. It's it's like a it's like a love. It's like a, if you get this concept, you can use pretty much this concept everywhere else. Remember another very important concept that we need to understand. Get the drama out of your story. Get the hysteria. Get the fear, and try to view things as is. It's very very important, and then you can get into the solution. But that's why it's very very important to recognize you are not the voice. 
you are the one who hears the voice. Anytime we're going through an issue, and actually tomorrow is a good class, a good day to do a class on this, just to refresh on how to short emotional issues. Because at the end of the day, it's not what's happening, it's how we're viewing it. And I saw this for myself. It was the, the, my situations where I have, I've added the, the Scorpio drama to it, the Cheshvan energy. It was just overdramatic for no reason. And I reckon when I look back and I'm like, what in the world was I, why did I make such a drama out of something that could have handled so easily? But that's what Scorpios do. We over-dramatize things and we make things bigger than they are. And that's, that's the Scorpio 101. That's the problem. They have to look at it more like a Taurus. What it is what it is. That's what they have to work on. So getting back to this concept, any issue that you have in your life, you're going to have to go through these three steps. And this is from the founder of the Baal Shem Tov, which his birthday is in three days. The 18th of Elul. That's, that's where we're going to start the whole uh, 12-day cycle of the each day practicing. So you're going to go through three things. Remember, if the submission, separation, and sweetening. The sweetening is when you recognize that the sin was actually brought you to a higher purpose. That the addiction brought you to a spiritual awakening. That is ultimately the sweetening. When you take an, an addict and he, and, he said, and he tells you, wow, if it wasn't for the addiction, I would have never gotten to this higher consciousness and I'm living a whole different life now. That's sweetening the, 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 all, the, all the drugs and all the, all the what he went through was actually for a much higher purpose. This is where sages tell us a, a, a thing that doesn't make any logical sense, that your sins actually become merits for you. Because what happens? The darkness became light, my gambling addiction, all my stuff with, the, with my lifestyle when I was younger, and the, the, whatever was, was happening. If, I, if all that happened so I can understand people, and I can relate to them, and I, can, I know where they're at, all those sins that I did actually are, are mitzvot uh, now, because they've, they've all been elevated. You know, when I'm next Thursday, we're going to talk in South Beach. I'm going to the same place where I made a mess. So that, that's all being elevated. Those, those sins are no longer sins anymore. They're actually mitzvot. So this is where we can understand that there's no such thing as despair. Despair, it doesn't exist. It's an illusion in a person's mind, Rabbi Nachman said this ultimately. It's, a, it's an illusion, because at the end of the day, the darkness has to be brought up to the light. It's not a separate entity. Despair is only when you say there's a separate entity. Okay, so let's talk about this. this let's talk about the practicality of the tools. This is also a very similar concept, these three steps when you're going into a mikvah. First, you have to stand in the mikvah. You have to recognize, you know, there's filth there. It has to be cleansed. Then you're standing in the mikvah. That's the, actually the submission. The second is you're separating. You're recognizing the water is surrounding you. You're no longer there. You're, you're, now you're being, you're being elevated by the water. And when you come out, that's the sweetening. That's the cleansing. This is also very similar why we go to the mikvah. Because you're remo- you're, it's like a newborn child. A woman has to go to a mikvah. Why does a woman have to go to a mikvah practice? She has to go to a mikvah because she, got, she tried to separate from her husband. Eve, what happens? Because she tried to separate from her husband, she, her punishment was that she became impure. And that impurity, measure for measure, everything in life is measure for measure. Because she became impure, because of her ego, she tried to separate from man, because of the sin of, of Adam. 
So the Reb Nathan says that because that, she got exiled and she became a Nida. And when she goes to the mikvah, she becomes now purified. The mikvah is a humbling experience. And then she's allowed back to her husband. So you can see any time, every solution at the end of the day begins with humility. The Baal Shem Tov says that every redemption process that we go through has to go through Hana'ah, submission, Havdalah, separation, and Hamtaka, sweetening. Rav Daniel Katz talks about this in his things. Very much, is, this is a very big thing of his. Teshuva, in the terms of Teshuva, the period of the high holidays are actually these stages. Elul is the submission. Rosh Hashanah is the Havdalah that we're separating. Is the alignment. Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur is coming back with sweetening. Everything is sweetening. Elul is the time for Hanau. Why is Elul? Because now we're, we're trying to diagnose the problem. If you recognize there's a lot of stuff that came out this, this month that you figured you handled the rest of the year. I thought, wow, this was already in the box. I don't even know why these things are coming up in Elul. Because ultimately they have to be really, really, any, any ounce of things that need to be rectified, in Elul everything comes up. Why? So you can properly diagnose it. You can properly diagnose it and really fix it at its root. This is where we're looking honestly in our lives. We're acknowledging the present. This is, remember, we spoke about the concept of embarrassment in Elul. A lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of bushot. There's a lot of embarrassment. There's a lot of, not, not in a bad way. It's a cleansing. Because now you're, you're, you're getting more of a spiritual awakening. You're becoming more sensitivity to the things you used to do. I, I recognize, wow, how much time you know, now that I'm, I'm, I'm in a new project, how much time I was wasting on, on, on nonsense. I, I, I thought I was doing well. I thought I was really, really pretty focused, but I could, there's a level, another level, obviously. But in my level, I was, that's not where I want to be. So I have to now, be, I'm embarrassed by the time, how much time I wasted. So on my practical level. So that could, where you start taking responsibility. Start taking responsibility for things that could have been fixed and things where you could have went wrong. I, I know my own relationships. Sometimes I acted like a moon. Was I always a sun? Was I always unconditional giving? No, I wasn't always conditional giving. And I recognized areas, areas in my relationship where they went sour. I was a moon. And obviously, your spouse is going to always be the moon. They're not going to be the sun. So what happens when there's two moons, nobody's getting any light and everybody's fighting? So the man has to really be that unconditional giving. Exactly like this is why the Gemara says, one who hates gifts lives. Because you should not want to be a receiver. You should want to be a giver. Your creator will give to you. But the fact that we had it in our relationships where we could see where we erred and you could see the resentment is because there was two receivers. And nobody was, nobody was willing to pick up the going to their soul state and, and have unconditional giving. So I recognized that was very petty behavior. What am, I, what am I thinking about? What do I need to receive? God, I, I receive from God. What do I need to receive from a human being? Those are the areas that I've erred. So there's a lot of, a lot of self-reflection in, in these dives. And this is where you're looking at yourself honestly. You're not looking at yourself with low self-esteem. You're not looking at yourself. Okay, we're reflecting what really needs to change. Remember, we can't forget about it because you, you have to diagnose the issue. You don't diagnose the issue, you can't fix the issue. According to your theory, is your therapy. This is where Elul is such a work, so much working on diagnosing. Okay, what's happening? What's happening to my relationships? You know, oh my God, I'm the problem, I'm the solution. 
Am I walking around with low self-esteem? That could be your diagnosis. Or, or laziness could be your diagnosis. Lack of faith could be your diagnosis. Or lack of trust. If you're so obsessive with the future and you can't even enjoy the present moment, that could be the, 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 the future. You understand? Or your, your diagnosis could be, you know, lack of desire. We all have a diagnosis in Elul, and this is, it's all, and Elul is really magnifying this, this situation in Elul. And this is where, again, <laughs> learning Torah without action is really a waste of time. It's a waste of time because you're not getting, you're not changing. There's nothing more that I cry about that people should have these teachings and not change. Because what do you, what, you know, it's like, give it to Chinese people, give it to Koreans. <laughs> What's the point? You have to have change. And when you change, you'll be, because you're going to go to a higher level, you're going to be, feel great about yourself and you're going to recognize, oh my God, what was I thinking before? That is really the key. That's what, that's what the goal is here. Once we acknowledge the darkness, we accept it, we have to take responsibility, and we have to man up. That's the key. First, Delu is about manning up, taking responsibility, not having shame, but having embarrassment, addressing the diagnosis. That is what you're doing this, this, this whole month of Elul is all about this. A lot of massive humility, a lot of, a lot of reflection, not projection. Projection doesn't allow the reflection. Projection says the problem is out there. Reflection is I'm taking responsibility. Responsibility is ultimately owning up to whatever has to be done and whatever has to be fixed. And that is called humility. Humility is what's going to get you any change. Lack of humility, ego, arrogance is going to say me, me and this person cannot stay in the room. So God says, okay, you're going to go. So if God's telling you that arrogance, me and you, cannot stay in this room, I and this person cannot stay in this room, who do you think is going to go? You. So this is where we have to try to be as humble as possible. Try to have to understand that this is the message of Elul. This is the, the name that's being used in this name, in this Elul also. It's the name of Ekye, I will be. You're not even there yet. You're, you're, you're in potential. It's all about potential. This month is all about... Achieving potential, but properly diagnosing the potential. The running and returning, the, all of these things that are happening this month. So you shouldn't be upset if you're, getting, if, you're getting, uh, if, you, if you're getting put through a cycle wash a few times. Because the, the garments are coming out. All the dirt's coming out. And sometimes uh, some of us need to be squeezed more than, than others. So again... Diagnose your issue, your main issue. I know my issues for lack of focus was one of them. And second, too much of receiver. What am I being a receiver? I need to be a giver. What am I holding resentment? What am I holding? This is definitely an area that needs work. And I saw it. And I saw it areas of... of bottom line is, Nachman says, whoever runs after respect is a fool. So you're going to get it when you give it. And when you give it, you're going to get it back. So again, that's my issues. Those are the two things. That's my bucket list that I'm diagnosing. Once you diagnose the problem, now each of us should come up with their own issues. Believe me, if I, we all have them. There's no question. Because the higher the level, the more you're going to get. The second thing now you need to do is now you're reaching into Rosh Hashanah. 
Okay, what is Rosh Hashanah all about? We're going to give a few classes on Rosh Hashanah, but this is a great angle. Rosh Hashanah is all about alignment, coronation of the king. What am I doing in Rosh Hashanah? I'm aligning myself to God. I'm approving everything. Can I approve God if I haven't diagnosed and I'm walking around with, oh my God, my marriage sucks. Uh, this is terrible. That's terrible. Can I align myself? Could there be an alignment if there's not a diagnosis of, of, of this Elul portion? You understand? You, when you show up to Elul, when you show up to Rosh Hashanah without the Elul, without the submission, the humility, how are you showing up? Well, give me a good year. Give me this. I want to win this. I want to do that. I want to do that. You're showing up at the laundry list and you haven't even done any work. Showing up to the supermarket with no money and you, <laughs> you want all these things. Humility creates the vessel to allow you to be aligned. So when you're aligned on Rosh Hashanah, we're, we're aligning ourselves. So that's why Rachman says it's very important to have very proper thoughts. To have good thoughts. I can have good thoughts if, I, if I've done my work. Because Rav Nachman says, sin, when a person sins, the sin itself makes him worry. I worry because of my sin. So the more sins, the more worry. Sins allow negative energies into us. This is why we don't feel as good. When we do a positive action, we feel great. When we do a sin, we, we recognize we missed the mark. A chet refers to missing the mark. We missed the mark. We know we could have done better. Rosh Hashanah is the day of judgment, meaning alignment. We break off and cut all negativity from our consciousness. Remember, you have to separate the act from the person. Same thing with the kids. You can't say, you're a bad kid. No, you're a good kid, but you acted the wrong way. Separate the person from the act. The person is not the act. The only person, reason why the person acts like that is because he, he fell off his mark. A ruach shtut, a, a spirit of stupidness got to him. Separate the act from the person. Same thing when you criticize your husband or whatever. You could do better, honey. We could do better. The wordage is very, so important. You could do better. Let's, 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 we could do better than this. Instead of saying, you're this, you're that. We're very easy to just give labels off to people, which is not, you're, put, you're making the person and the act the same thing. And it's not the case. You could do better, it's that you're lazy. You know what? I think we could put a little more effort into this. I can't express to you the, the importance of the language has to, the language has to change. This is an area where, where, where I've seen nightmares just because of the language. You have to watch your mouth. If our sages are telling us that if you give somebody tzedakah, you get six blessings, but if you give them a kind word, you get 17. Imagine, you're, getting, you're almost tripling the same act by the kind word. So we have to be careful on how we speak. So this is also, on Rosh Hashanah also, you should also separate yourself from the act. I'm a bad, I'm the, no, you are not that. Separate. Havdalah. Havdalah means to separate. That is the second set. Because if I don't separate myself, if I say, I'm this, I'm this. No, you, you, you had low self-esteem. You, you didn't have the right, you didn't process things correctly, but you are not a bad person. You are not this. Separate yourself from the act. That's what Havdalah is all about. And Rosh Hashanah, we have to be able to do that. Because this is why Havdalah is the concept of the shofar. What does the shofar do? Can you not, anytime you hear the shofar, what's the first thing you, you're in the moment? Can you be thinking about, everybody who hears the shofar, they, it's a shake up. Even Reb Nachman tells us 
that Nachman tells us that the purpose of thunder was to awaken the heart. Understand? The purpose of thunder was to awaken the heart. So shofar also <laughs> shakes you up, it puts you in the moment. Similarly, if a person is suffering from, from bad thoughts, Rabbi Nachman says you should clap his hands. You clap his hands, you're bringing back into the moment. So this is exactly what Rosh Hashanah is about. Now you're, you're Havdalah. Now you're separating yourself from the act. You're no longer that thing. Now you're aligned to God. Remember, too much guilt and too much repentance, it's not good. Repair and then move on. There, there's, no, there's no message here that you should sit there and, 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 and talk about all the, over and over again. Repair and move on. And this is where on Rosh Hashanah you have, you're forced to only think about good thoughts. You're not allowed to have good, bad thoughts. We eat foods that have symbolized, that symbolize good, but you're not allowed to have negative thoughts. This is why we go, again, think about Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the head of the year. The tzaddik is the head. And the, you're fixing the head because the way you think on Rosh Hashanah could greatly affect your year. How you think on Rosh Hashanah, what your energy you're bringing on. And you can't, you can't have these positive thoughts if you don't do the proper reflection of what needs to be cleaned up. If you're not diagnosing the problem, you see, once, you know, in our facilities, when you diagnose the issue, now you know what, what the treatment is. Can you give the guy treatment without the diagnosis? No. It's not enough. So exactly. So in Elul, we claimed our entire past. On Rosh Hashanah, we become aligned when we focused on good. That's what Rosh Hashanah is all about. It's Havdalah. You're coming in and people wear white or people come with po- very positive energy. Honey, the, the apple, the honey. It's all resemblance of positivity. But I know that if I haven't done any work, there's no way I can really be so positive because I didn't, didn't earn it. You know? I didn't earn it. So I know earning an Elul and the amount of work that I put in Elul allows me to be going to Rosh Hashanah with that momentum like we said before. Allows me to go into that. This is why in Rosh Hashanah we are like Sadiqim. We have no mentioning of any kind of negative acts. We're really crowning the kings. And the, and the shofar itself is like the, uh, like the trumpets. You're crowning the king. On Rosh Hashanah, we are not even allowed to eat nuts because egoz is the numerical value of 17, while chet, with sin, is 18. So again, we're so, you're not even, people don't eat nuts. Sometimes people don't even eat fish because fish itself is the word dag. And dog means daga. So you could see, there's other opinions that allow it to you, etc. But you could see how much careful that you should have not have any negative thought on Rosh Hashanah itself because your whole year, you're basically, you're in court. But you can be very positive. You can come in there with positivity because you've, you've gave meaning already. You did the work. When you don't do the work, it's very hard to do that. On a deeper level, think about why we're anxious in the first place. It's fail to prepare, right? If you prepare for something, there's no, there's no anxiety. Sometimes anxiety tells us you, you, didn't, you failed to prepare for something. But when you know and you have that confidence and you feel, you know what, I prepared, I'm going to have a good year, you're allowed to have that, holy, you're allowed to have that confidence. But you, sometimes anxiety tells us we have not prepared. We're just showing up, you know, and that's what we don't want. On a deeper level, Havdalah means we define ourselves by who we are rather than what we do. This is who I am. I'm a soul of the divine. What I did is not me. I did it because I fell from my level. I'm much better than this. 
I'm much better. This is very important. We don't want to say I am this. Ultimately, the perfection is who we are, not what we've done. Remember who you are. And this is where the name, where God calls the name Ayeka. Where are you? You know, when we hear the word Ayeka, Rabbi Nachman says when a person's in despair and he can't focus on the good points, what should he do? He should scream out, Ayeh, where are you? What is he screaming to? He's screaming to his neighbor? He's screaming to himself to awaken that good point inside of him that he has no longer recognizes the voice. He no longer, he's in dirty places. He's in places where, you know, not even Uber app can find the guy. Nobody can find the guy. When you give a lot of tzedakah, you don't have to worry about getting lost. They'll find you. Don't worry. That's the good thing about giving a lot of tzedakah. I know Baruch Hashem, if I ever get lost, they'll find me. The rabbis will find me somewhere. You don't need, you don't need 9-11. They'll, they'll find you. Don't worry. The same thing. Recognize, separate yourself from the act. Low self-esteem, remember, is an opinion. Confidence is something you do repetitively that you've gotten confidence over something. Low self-esteem is an opinion. That's why people can be very accomplished and they have low self-esteem. It's just an opinion because they're too focused on outer recognition instead of really who they are. And you have to do this exercise softly with kind words. You cannot do this with harshness. You have to allocate time when you want to diagnose an issue. So I have to work on myself. You know, why am I such a receiver? Let me become a forgiver. Let me break from my dramatic nature. I know my dramatic nature. I know my intensity. And I, and I know things could have been held much more easier if I didn't, if I let go more. So I know my diagnosis is to let go more, more alignment, calm. That's my diagnosis. So that's, we're, all of us, we have this. On so Rosh Hashanah, we are beyond sin. We are perfection. And this is, we're set, not, God is perfection. And we're coming to connect to the light of crowning the king. That is what you're trying to do on Rosh Hashanah. This is why you can't, go, you can't, you shouldn't worry. You shouldn't worry. You shouldn't be anxious. You should just be completely, nobody should bother you. You know, our sages say, when you're in a place where somebody else's prayer is bothering you, that means you're not focused on your own prayer. So you should just be in your own zone. If you're bothered by other people's prayers and you're bothered by this guy, he's sitting in a seat and he took your seat and you're not, even, you're not even in Rosh Hashanah. You're in another world already. You should be in, in complete alignment and presence that day. You should be completely present that day. Only positivity, alignment with God's will. I should do your will, God. So we want to avoid all kinds of nonsense and stupidity and, 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 and ego and fighting because this is you're not aligned you're not aligned you still have old stuff you haven't done the work of Elul after fully these Havdalah the, the, then we can go to Hamtaka the sweetening the Teshuvah and Yom Kippur what are you doing on Yom Kippur? now you are going in there with an enhanced consciousness now I can go back to to, to Yom Kippur and recognize that all the stuff was all for me to become better. Such as, oh my God, the problem in my life was to get me closer to you. So I could do Teshuvah on that, but with joy. Yom Kippur is a day of complete, complete, complete hamtaka, sweetening. You're sweetening the judgment. The judgment becomes sweeter when the addict says, this situation, if it wasn't for the addiction, I would never have a spiritual awakening. If it was never for that breakup in the relationship, I would never have gone to, the, to learn Rav Nachman's teachings. Rav Nachman's teachings have changed my life. 
if it wasn't for this situation, I would have never gotten to this. If it wasn't for my Shalom Bayit issues, I would have never started his Bodidut. If it wasn't for this, I would have never done the 40-day challenge. It no, now it's no longer bad. It's sweetening. Yom Kippur is all about sweetening. We were wet, we were white. But we can go into the past not repenting with low self-esteem, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. No, I'm, I'm on a much higher level. And I recognize the past was actually the darkness was really the light. My worst day became my best day. This is ultimately what Yom Kippur is about. It's a beautiful concept. So you don't even need food. You don't even need, because you're in such an angelic state that you're now looking, everything is light. Everything is one. And Muna is seeing everything is one. Is seeing the problem and the solution is one. That is what Amun is about. This is what you were trying to get on Yom Kippur. That's what, the hamt- that's what the last stage of Hamtaka is. is sweetening. You ultimately, how do you know? How do you know? If you handle the problem well, Rav Nachman tells us. And this is very connected to my book. It's very, you know, this, this Torah is very connected to what, I'm, what I've been living. Is if, the, if the darkness got brought up to the light. If, the, if you gave suffering in the meaning. If, if, the, if, the, if, you gave, if the suffering you're going through is because you have not gone through this process. First of all, you haven't surrendered because surrender is the second stage, alignment. The first stage is you haven't dealt with the issue. You're still in the problem. You're still blaming somebody. So the first stage, you're still blaming somebody. The second stage, you haven't surrendered. How can you get to the sweetening? This is what the Baal Shem Tov teaches us. These are the three steps. And this is very correlated to the higher. And this is where he's saying here. Great is a sin for a higher purpose. And he gives the example of Yael, how he, she had to sleep with Caesarea, and, which was a sin, but her intention was for good. There was good intention with Yael. So her sin was actually a, got sweetened. Because out of her, the third child, who was a descendant of Rabbi Akiva, but there was good that came out of that darkness. And this is ultimately our lives. Our lives is the same thing. And the reason why we're stuck behind in our lives, the reason why, is because we have not made the first thing. We have not gotten to the first stage, which is taking responsibility, submission, owning it, owning the issue, doing the work, working on ourselves, diagnosing the issue. Instead of, remember, can I diagnose the issue if I'm, not, if I'm pointing fingers? I can't. I can't diagnose the issue if I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm, you know, if I'm not putting the effort, if I'm not taking responsibility. So this is what blame, any form of not taking accountability, which is exactly what Elul. Do I have to go through cleansing? Yes, I have to allow the cleansing. We spoke many times. What you, res- what you resist, persist. So if I am sitting there, let's say in my relationship, and I am sitting there and I'm a moon, and my spouse is a moon, and I'm complaining, I'm only getting a moon, I'm not getting any respect. Well, I'm not getting respect either. How in the world are you going to change that? Who, who, what are you going to do? You're going to hire a, a, a light bulb to come in? How are you going to fix this relationship? How are you going to fix this relationship? You'll go to a therapist, and the therapist will tell you, you need to appreciate each other. You need to give to each other. Oh, so we both have to start become takers. We both have to become givers. And the more you give, the more the other person gives you. So we just have to go from both moons to somebody becoming the sun. And the sun reflects exactly what they get. So it seems so simple. 
But our ego is always focused on rationality. Who's causing the problem? Why am I going through this? Etc. It's the way their brain is works. This is the way our brains are made. The brains are not there to help you. It's there to pretty much rationalize why you're going through this and how to get it. It's problem solving. This is good for work, but this is not good for relationships. This is not good for spirituality. This is not good for other things because this mind, this little mind that you have will shut off the heart and it'll numb the heart from, from hearing that inner voice. This is why surrender, what does surrender do? Shuts the mind and opens up the heart. That's what we do when we surrender. So let's take this three steps. Remember, anything you're going through, this is not Rosh Hashanah, Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. This is pretty much any time that you're pretty much spiritually stuck, according to the Baal Shem Tov, is what we have to do. And this is really, when you look at any situation in life where you've seen people make a breakthrough, first, how did they handle the breakdown? Then, there was a point that they had to surrender. Then, they were able to see the darkness ended up becoming the light itself. Those are the same three patterns that you'll see. I see this all day long in my addiction, in my recovery facilities. Recovery, what are you recovering to? To yourself. The real you is coming out. So this is where you have to diagnose the issue. Don't be scared. Why is it such an issue about, the, can I diagnose the issue if I'm constantly numbed out? No. So any kind of substance that are not allowing you to feel will not allow you to heal. So you can't really diagnose an issue if you're smoking all day, drinking all day, numbing out the problem when that problem really has to be dealt with. Imagine us saying, you know what? We're just going to take a pill so we forget about Elul. I don't want to go through the cleansing. I don't want to go through the slichot. I don't want to go through all this process of ups and downs. Who said this? The guy that came to Shammai with one leg. Says, I don't want to go through Elul. I just want the alignment with God. This is where you see people that they want a lot of light, but they have no vessel. And then what happens? They crash. They crash. If God made you, if it was so easy that you would put no work when you were single to find your soulmate, if he didn't make you go through that hardship when you were single to find your soulmate, then when you got married, you would, take it, you would be shocked out of your mind. Because any little problem that you got married, you got happened in marriage, you'd be like, I didn't expect this. It's not working out. <laughs> but if you did the work when you were single and you recognize how hard it was, Vince Lombardi says, the, har- the harder you put into work, the harder it is for you to quit. We have to give a football opening day football line because today's opening day. The harder, you, the harder you work you put into something, the harder it will be for you to quit. It's so true. It's so true. It's very easy to quit when you have no, when you have no, when you have no, nothing in the game. When you have no skin in the game, very easy to quit. But when you have skin in the game, you're not quitting. You're not quitting. So this is something where we should also look at the, the beauty of all the, the stress that the, those who are going through st- singles and those who are going through stress and those who are going through a lot of inner work. You should recognize how beautiful that is because when you're going to get into marriage, you recognize, wow, look how, much, look how long it took me to finally meet somebody. I can't just, I can't abort the mission. 
because things are not going my way. But if you didn't put any work and somebody set you up and you're on an app, oh, let's get married. <laughs> One little thing. This is why it's so important, you'll see today, that society is raising people not to really do work. I know a teacher, she'll get you an A. I know the collector, she'll get you an A. So next thing you know, this kid goes through the system, he gets an A, his father's connected, he gives money to everybody. And then real life comes, his real job comes. And then he says, listen, you need to do work on this. <gasps> My self-esteem is shot. <laughs> what tools does he have? He's soft. He's soft. So you'll see people, the littlest thing will break them. Do we want to build? We want to build kids. We want to need to build kids with resiliency. If you build kids and you just give them everything, one little thing doesn't go his way. You have trauma 101. You have trauma 101. You don't want to build soft kids. You need to build resilient kids. Because otherwise, you're going to pay the price. Let them fall. Let them fall on their face and let them get up. Let, they have to teach these things. You have to learn these things. I thank God when I was eight, nine years old, I was working for my uncle's stores. And that, that's what changed me. You know, 10 years old, I had no summer candles. Was, they put me in Vietnam hours. I was working more, more hours than people in Vietnam. You know, I'm looking, why is everybody playing baseball and going to summer camp and I'm sitting here working you know, 12-hour shifts when I'm 14, 13? Now I know why. Now I know why. It was the greatest lesson in my life that ever happened. But again, it raised me to have resilience. And this is very, very important. I think today we should also take a lesson from this. That enjoy the work. Because then when you're in the game, you have a vessel. But if you're not, you're not you don't have a vessel. You're getting into Rosh Hashanah. All you're going to be thinking about, you're not going to be in the present moment. So may Hashem help us all. I think this class is really phenomenal. I think the, the concept here is just get, go back to the problem, get to submission, separate yourself from the act, and now find a way to turn that darkness into light. That is what you have to do. It's super simple, but you have to first diagnose it, elevate it, and fix it. And then believe me, once you have this, you have that, you have everything. Shem, help us all. We should all get there. Have a great day. Thank you. Good night.